misfit. A person whose behavior or attitude sets them apart from others in an uncomfortably inconspicuous way. Inconspicuous way is in a space that, that stands out clearly visible to the naked eye. You see, I've tried to organize my thoughts, but I've missed the chance to fit out loud in a crowd that, that did normal teenage things. And because of it, 10 years bring turn back time, memories of fitting uncomfortably uncomfortable. I am a misfit and it's worth it. Yo, welcome to another episode of If Eve Could Speak with your girl Lex. And guess, drop that. Yo, yo. Welcome back to If Eve Could Speak. Tonight I'm joined with another homie, but a familiar homie. Janelle, say what's up to the peeps, yo. Good morning, good evening, good day, people. We all know what time you're listening, so we got it all covered. We're okay? covering all our bases. <laughs> amen, amen. Well, look, man, I like I legit have been on this kick, yo. I feel old. Like I knew that when I turned 28, it was coming, but I'm at 10 years of being out of high school, and I don't know how to feel about it. You ain't that old. You know, I feel a little old, but on a serious note, though, yo, like it really got me thinking a lot about just. Just, you know, that time period for me. In 2008, I was a freshman in high school. And that was the beginning of the beginning of this thing that, that me and God got going on. So because of it, I missed a lot. I missed a lot of the turn up. I missed a lot of the so they're really just getting it out your system type of thing. So when I see like my classmates post pictures and everything of our senior year or whatever, I realize that I missed a lot of that. And I think my feelings hurt a little bit about it, man. I think they a little hurt. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know. I don't really know what to what to think or to take a, how to take that. So before we kick back and get comfortable into this in this episode, I'm. I'm going to pray because I need the Lord to really just help my heart right now. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for your calling. God, I thank you for your plan. Father, I thank you of how you have allowed me to see 10 years, God. Lord, I'm thinking in this moment about so many people, God, who didn't make it. Father, I pray, Father, that even as I'm being ungrateful for, for the journey, that you have bestowed upon me, God, for the journey that you have blessed me with, that you saw fit that I see, God. Lord, I pray, Father, that you will help me, oh God, to combat these thoughts, oh God, and to remember that it is you in your way, God. That is the reason that I'm here, Father. That is the reason why I stand, Father. That is the reason why, oh God, I am able to speak in this moment as a misfit, God. I pray that you will help me, Father, and all of those that are like me to embrace their not fitting in comfortably. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in this season, for what you are going to do on this episode, God. And I thank you for my friend, Janelle. 
Thank you for her heart to even join me in tackling this topic. Father, I pray that you continue to do great things through her life and every life that is connected to her, God. I pray that you continue to do great things through the lives of every listener, oh God, of everyone who will ever hear the sound of my voice, God, on this episode, Father. I pray, Father, that you move in a way that only you can, God. I pray, Father, that you be our God. Father, that you be our confidant, that you be our provider. Father, that you will remind us that you too, are a misfit God use us the way you see fit in Jesus name I pray and I bless you God thank you amen amen you know I want to bring up that whole missing high school thing because I, I kind of feel where you're coming from but from a different perspective so like Sometimes I I look back and I'm just like, wow, I wish I could relive it and relive it with everything that I know today. Mm. Because yeah. I feel like I wasn't my best self. Like I was real, real shy. Like I didn't want to talk to a lot of people. Mm. I didn't really embrace the experiences that I had. And so, you know, I do have a couple of regrets yeah. about high school, you know, just not being who God has allowed me to be now. I'm just like, oh, if I would have went back and did it who I am now, like I would have been running. Like, let me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> like you wouldn't be able to tell me nothing. But like when I was going through it, like I had so much on my mind. Like it was a very dark time for me. And so looking back, I'm kind of, you know, even excited to even go to my high school reunion just to be like, you know what? I'm transformed Amen. by the blood of Jesus. I'm a different person. Like, and I think back on that time and even though I have regrets, it's still, I'm just like, Lord, thank you for getting me through it. <laughs> yes. yes. Amen. Amen. Man, hasn't he saw us through, man? Hasn't he saw us through? I feel so, I feel like I'm I feel so ungrateful to be thinking the thoughts that I've thought um, just over these past few weeks, thinking about uh, my childhood, thinking about my going through high school and becoming a woman, coming into my own, coming into myself, coming into who I am called to be, coming into my relationship with Christ, coming into um, a newfound love and respect and honor for my mother, coming into um, understanding my father, coming into understanding and accepting my siblings growing up. <laughs> I feel ungrateful <laughs> because I've been feeling some type of way. And that's like, no lie. I've been feeling like mad type of way. Like, my God, I, I, I remember being a freshman and, and, and I couldn't wait to wear the red shirts like the seniors wore and you know to run the school you know and to hoop and you know to do all of these things but but in and all God had another purpose God had another plan and he had another plan for these a, a, another couple of misfits that that I ran across in my studying just over the past few weeks it's a common text it's a common scripture it's a scripture that's quoted quite a lot but I see it in a new facet tonight. I see it through new eyes and I can hear 
God's whispers with fresh ears and new understanding. So I want to go to Luke chapter 15 and I'm going to start in verse 11 um, and we'll go through the end of the chapter. All right. So this is the story of the prodigal son. I'm reading out of the NIV version. That's a new one for me because I actually have been enjoying reading out of the Good News Bible. But I'm going to read out the NIV today because that's already what my phone is on. So, yeah, turn it. Um, so this is the parable of the lost son or some, uh, um, some translations call it the prodigal son. But uh, the NIV version calls it the lost son. Um, And I'll start in verse 11. The Bible says, Jesus mentioned there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he spent, after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. Verse 15 reads, so he went and hired himself out to a citizen of the country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. But no one gave him anything. No one gave him anything. Verse 17 reads, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. Verse 18 says, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against you in heaven. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Aren't we like that? I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Verse 20 reads, so he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son. Isn't that how Jesus is? When we run back to the Father, when we run back to where we belong, we realize that we don't have to even travel that far because he was there all along. He was waiting for us all along. I'm continuing on. And um, he ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of his servants and asked him what was going on. The servant said, your brother has come. 
he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has made it back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in, so his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and I've never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him? My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is now alive again. He was lost and he is now found. Man, I remember first reading this and wondering, who's the misfit? Is it the brother that felt it necessary to leave where he comes from? Or was it the brother that stayed? But as I continue to study and really ask God for revelation, I'm beginning to see that maybe they're both were misfits. But sometimes it's so easy for us. When I think about just every mistake that I've made, every decision that I've made that has caused me to move further and further away from God's calling and what he ha has designed me to be, to be. And then when I think about just the moment that I'm faced with uh, this is all you got, bro, type of situation. Just how every time Jesus has accepted me with open arms, every time he has not one time has he ever turned my back, his back on me. The Bible says that this brother, he went to a distant country. So it wasn't that close. It wasn't around the corner from where he's from. So when we think, when I think about how I've made distant decisions, decisions that have made me, that, that have caused me to be further and further away from God. And I think, man, I have so much to do to get back in God's good grace. I have so much traveling, so much running to do to get back to the Father. And as soon as I started moving toward him, I realized that he was right there the entire time. That he wasn't as far as I thought. That he actually was near. And then I look at the brother who stayed. Who's like, Say, fam, I've been with you, rocking with you the entire time. But then these people that go out and they do, they live raggedy lives, they do raggedy things. They give you one little cry, one little boo-hoo, and everything is all good. But I was here with you the whole time. What you mean? You ain't even, like, they're married. They're, they got the job of their dreams. They in mansions. And, and, and look at me, I'm living regular. Doing a regular old thing. But, but it just shows you like how ungrateful we are when we, yeah. we live in God's kingdom. Because guess who told the older brother that his brother was back? His servant. Mm. He had a servant telling him your older brother was back. And then even his father said, son, like you've been here the whole time, but you have everything. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> you have everything. What what is there to be upset about? Yeah. And it's kind of like we we kind of go back and forth, you know, between the older son of like where we're committed, we're staying committed to God and you know, we see all these other people and then there are times when we do be like, okay, give me my inheritance. I'm about to go. Yeah. I can't be in this house no more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So I kind of identify with both of the sons. And then even thinking about the older son, like what if his desire was to do what his brother did or what his brother did, but he never had the guts to. Never had the guts to defy his father. So maybe deep down he was angry because he's like, why does he get to have his cake and eat it too? Like, why does he go out and get get to have this wild lifestyle, have all these stories to tell, and then he can come back and be with the father? Mm-hmm. Like, and it's see, not I think fair. that's what I wanted. I think that's what I wanted. Even as I'm going back to thinking about this 10 years that is behind me and that I've been out of high school and I'm thinking about, especially those last two years where I spent most of my junior year out and I came back my senior year, but I wasn't the same. I was different. I was a misfit. And it's so funny that you say that, Janelle, because that's what I'm thinking about. Maybe that older brother is me because I didn't get to do any of those things. I didn't get to do, I didn't get to, I didn't get to be wow. And out of control and none of that. I didn't get to do that. It's not fair. Well, what if you did? Do you think you would have been one of the lucky ones to make it out? Do you think you would have been one of the ones to not get pregnant or to not get an an STD or to not, you know, wind up, you know, deceased or whatever? Maybe if the brother had did what he may or may not have envied his brother for doing. Maybe he wouldn't have made it out alive. So when I think about my journey versus your journey versus his journey and her journey, they aren't the same because when we do them alike, they turn out differently. Let's say the next man or woman was diagnosed with the the neurological disorder that I was. Maybe they wouldn't have made it out alive. Or Alexis, maybe if you were able to live the normal teenage life, maybe you wouldn't have went to college. Maybe you wouldn't have been disciplined enough to sit through two degrees. Would you have gotten your master's? Would I? In No. (laughs) I may have been lucky to get a bachelor's. And the only way I, reason I probably would have done that is because I was playing ball. So you would have been on a sports scholarship, not really caring about class, just as long as I could hoop. Exactly. That was my dream. Four years, one and done. <laughs> that was my dream. And who's to say I wouldn't have had a career-ending injury the first day I stepped out there? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, you don't fit in in certain situations, in certain uh, circumstances, because that's not where you're supposed to be. The older son couldn't go out and do the things that his younger brother did because that wasn't his story. That wasn't his journey. That wasn't his path or his way. We talked earlier in the season about this whole concept of being on your purposeful path. 
My purposeful path is not Janelle's purposeful path. My purposeful path is not the next man or woman's purposeful path. So when I say that I am a misfit and that it is worth it, it's because it is. Because I wasn't meant to fit there. But it doesn't mean you can't mourn. I had to mourn to get to this place. To get to this revelation. Yes, you can mourn what you lost, but my challenge is don't stay there. And don't act like you're unbothered. Like I I, I was trying to act like I was unbothered. Like, oh, it's not bothering me. I moved on with my life. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. But if we don't address it like that, that bitterness is just going to stay there. And then by the time somebody else is winning, you'll be just like the older brother. You'll be angry. Mm-hmm. You won't be in the mood to celebrate yeah. because it's going to be like, well, what about me? Yep. You'll be stuck in that grief, stuck in, stuck in what could have been. You know how many uncles and relatives I've run into that still stuck in their college days? Like in, in the frat parties. And- they be like, oh, back in 1983, <laughs> let me tell you something. Back in 83, y'all know nothing about that 83. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yes. And then you also see this whole idea of just the great lengths the Father will go for us, even if you are in a place where it's like, man, I messed up. Man, I made the wrong decision. I'm stuck out here with nothing. Maybe you had everything and now you have nothing. Maybe you had it all. But now you're a lost cause. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's you. I have something for you as well. Let's go to Matthew. Matthew chapter 18. And I'm going to read one verse. One verse only is... Matthew 18, verse 12. This is Jesus talking again. He gives a, this is another parable. Uh, Actually, I'm going to read 10 through 12, just so you can get some context. But verse 10, it reads, see that you do not despise one of the little ones. For I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my father in heaven. Verse 12 reads, what do you think if a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away? Will he not have the 99? Will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go to look for the one who wandered off? Will the father not leave the 99 for you? Will our father not leave the 99 for your purpose? Will the father not leave the 99 for for his plan for you? So for those who feel as though God has forgotten about me, I never fit in, but the Lord has never come back to find me. My Bible says that, yo, will he not leave the 99 on a hill for you? Have you ever been that 1%? I am a 1%er, so I get it. When an AVM occurs in the brain, 
It happens only to about 1% of the general population. 1% of the general population. I am the 1%. So when I tell you that the father will leave the 99 and cleave to you, that he will come and see about you, that he will come and show compassion and love for you. Believe me, this is not a story, a good story that I heard or read about. I'm talking to you as a member of the 1%. You are a misfit. You may be the 1%, but he's, he's looking for you. He's here to see about you. Janelle, have you ever been a 1%? Yeah, I am in the 1%. I have definitely been there. <laughs> and it just it just goes to show, like, Jesus is in the saving business. Woo! Like, if you just look at the way he talked to the people who were lost, to the people who were hurt, to the people who needed him, like, he had so much compassion for them. Mm-hmm. Like, that's who he came for. He came for the misfit. Yeah. Christianity started as a basically a group of misfits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it like that, whatever you're going through, whatever that thing is that you were like, if I just get rid of this, I'll be fine. Whatever that thing is, take it to Jesus because he will totally change that around. You better believe it. And it'll be your saving grace. It'll be part of your testimony. It'll be how you connect to other people. And I remember even um, listening to the podcast you did with your mom. She was like, you know, people don't really connect to perfect people. Mm-hmm. We don't, we ain't trying to hear that. Yep. Because in life you have struggles, in life you have pain, in life you have, you know, things that you want that you'll never get. Like it's a constant battle, it feels like. That's how life is. Like we're not trying to hear that. So the good thing is like when you get, when, when you turn to God or you come back home to the father and you get to that point where that thing that you used to just be so ashamed about becomes the thing that you will just blurt out of your mouth because it's like, God brought me out of that. Like imagine after they had the party, you know, they turning up the, uh, the younger son came home. He's like, look, you ain't going to believe what I seen. Yeah. You ain't going to believe what I did, Mm -hmm. but I'm just so happy to be home. Like I'm not, I'm not about that no more. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of the commercial. Um, I believe it's a local commercial, but it makes me laugh every time I see it. Where it's like some kids, and one of the kids is like, "Girl, you won't believe what just happened. I just got hit. Girl, you better go to ijustgothit.com." Okay. okay. <laughs> I love it because, because honestly, unless you've been through something. Unless you've been in a place where where maybe it's not the exact same situation, but it's a familiar feeling. What do you have to offer me? What do you have to offer God's people? When I think about the people that G, that the Lord raised up to be leaders. Like a Paul. Paul, I can rock with you, bro. Because you're just like anybody who has chosen stuff over christ paul was just like me maybe we don't call it the same thing but yeah he's just like you and i we've all been in a place where maybe we just weren't feeling them christian folk 
Like, yeah, I just can't really rock with that. Maybe you didn't kill him physically, but we've killed one another in some way or another. And this is the same, the same dude that was killing God's people lived and died by God's people, by his promises, by his word. He has one encounter with the son. He has one encounter with Jesus and it turns his life upside down. If, if we don't go through the necessary molding, the necessary uh, building and, 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 and struggles and triumphs, the one encounter that it may take for the next person who's connected to us, they may never have it because you yourself didn't allow yourself to be healed, to, to be made new, to be set free. So in turn, they can't be set free because you were their person. And I think about a Moses. Dude had every excuse in the book. We just actually talked about um in a Bible study that we do on Thursday nights about uh the passage where Moses is in a tug of war between his two selves. Yo, I'm a Hebrew, but I was raised Egyptian. Yo, I am a misfit. Yo, I killed this. I, I straight slaughtered this Egyptian that was that was knocking heads with this Hebrew. And then I'm faced with two Hebrews that are fighting. And and one of the Hebrews is like, yo, so you're going to kill us, too. Without that. Without those encounters. Without Moses overcoming the the tug of war of who. He is versus who he is being called to be. Will the Israelites have been freed? Would they have been freed? Would they have made it to the promised land? Because remember, all of these people are connected to him. Your story, your journey, your testimony is connected some to somebody else. So don't try to fit where you don't belong. I wear a size eight shoe. I can't fit in a six. But that's because I'm not supposed to. You're not supposed to fit there. Yo, Janelle, what do you think about this whole concept of, of a fitting or not? I think everybody has their own unique way of where you've been the 1%. And like you said, it's gonna look different for me, just like it's gonna look different for you, just like it's gonna be looking different for the next person. But there is something that you've been through, there's something that you're experiencing that makes you qualify. Everyone qualifies to be the 1%. Yep. Whether you feel like, well, my childhood wasn't really that bad, you know, I'm kind of blessed, like I have my job going for me, you know, I'm in a good relationship, but there's still something like you want more, then you qualify. Yeah. Or maybe your childhood was completely just the worst thing that ever happened to you. You don't know how you made it. And you just you just taking each day as it comes. You qualify. Yeah. Everyone qualifies for what Jesus has to offer, what the father has to offer. And what he offers you is going to be so much better than what you get out in the world. And that's what the younger son realized. I mean, some people have to go through it like that's being honest, like some people have to go out there. 
because they're not going to be satisfied until they experience it. And so we just hope that they make it back, you know? Yep. You just hope that you make it out alive. You hope that you have the time to be like, okay, God, you know what? I did this. I did that. Okay, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because when I was a kid, I used to hear statements like, yeah, man, I get saved when I'm 40 or when I'm old. You know what I'm saying? Then I then I can rock with it. You know what I'm saying? And I remember uh, my grandmother, it was someone um, had said something to the effect of, tomorrow is not even promised so who's to say you're gonna make it to 40 you know what i'm saying like that's not a promise oh yeah i'm gonna do it next year i'm gonna do it man let me do it tomorrow baby tomorrow's not promised so when i tell you that yes the one percent has its perks oh but it has its sense of urgency as well so will you be urgent about not only wearing your misfit, but doing something about it. But trading it. Yeah. Trading it for what God has to offer you. Because when you enter his kingdom, you are no longer a misfit. Actually, you part of like the biggest entourage ever. <laughs> ever. The unstoppable, the unmovable, yeah. the unshakable. Amen. Amen. But look, that's what I got for you. That's what I got for you. That's what I'm rocking with, man. I'm trying to rock this, this misfit. Um, and, you know, not worry about it, man. Ten years is here. Ten years has come and gone. And I'm grateful to still be here. God, I rocks with you. I'm so grateful just for you giving me an opportunity, Father, just to uh, tell my story, God, because I know there are so many who didn't live to tell it, God. I thank you, Father, just for your grace, your mercy, Father, for what you have called me out of, God. I pray, Father, for just even what you are calling me into, God. Lord, I speak. I pray over just everyone under the sound of my voice, oh God. I pray, God, that they too will see what you have in store. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Yo, amen. I just want everyone to know if you, because I wrote this down. If you have a relationship with God, your best days are not behind you. Your best days are not behind you. Your best days are in front of you. So as we look back at the past and we let go of our regrets, trust God for your future. Because what he has in store for you, you're not even going to be thinking about the past once you step into it, once it manifests. Amen. If Eve could speak, mic drop. Drop it. But don't drop it too hard because, you know, it might break and mics are a little expensive. So yeah, let it down slowly. Okay. We out. <laughs>